Hello there everyone and welcome to another episode of the Long Live Rock and Roll podcast. As usual to my right is Philippe Amarim. How's it going man? All good man and you? Yeah, very, very Hello, well. Hello everyone. We're still in Soho. We've done a bunch of episodes today for you. Um, as we've said before, we're in Philippe's flat. This is the third episode we've done in your flat, so we don't need yeah. to tell people again that you live above the pub that you play in four times a week. We just did but it. We'll do it again, we yeah. Just, uh, you know, <laughs> um, anyway. I'm, I'm living the dream. He is, yeah. Paying, paying the, the rent. rent. Yeah. Um, <laughs> We will get straight to it. We are doing today what can only be described as one of the most important albums in music history, and that is Rubber Sold by the Beatles. Oh, the Beatles. We actually, when we were chatting, those guys, the Fab Four, when we were chatting a few weeks ago about what we're going to do, we actually said um, we, we chose another Beatles album that comes later, but I actually thought that the Beatles are probably the band that album episodes we're going to do most of. And I think because of what they've done for music and how you can literally hear music progress as their albums go on, it would make sense to do it chronologically. So we're going to do more Beatles albums, but we're starting here. This will be the first one. And from now on, it will happen chronologically. And we're not starting from the, you know... We're not doing all of them. No, we're not starting from the early, very early stuff. No, no, no. Just the ones that matter. Not experimental stuff. The ones that matter. Um, we're not talking about dance music no exactly Um, we'll start the episode as usual with Felipe presenting his drink the drink of the day is uh, Nespresso again so today's show is brought to you by Nespresso Unofficially, uh, it, but it keeps we don't me care. awake on on Saturday mornings after playing late gigs. So, yeah, there you go. Uh, that's an Thanks espresso for you. Yeah. Uh, let's go. Anyway, right. So the album, as usual, the Laz's info, uh, called Rubber Soul by the Beatles, released in December of 1965, recorded in one month between the 12th of October and the 11th of November in 1965, EMI London Studios. 34 minutes, which long. is Abbey Road, right? Is it? EMI is Abbey Road. Yes, EMI London Studios is Abbey Road. It wasn't there called go. Abbey Road until new. the album Abbey Road was released. Is that really? Is that a fact? You're yeah. telling me that? Yeah. So it was called EMI Studios. No, because no, called... because Pink Floyd were recording at Abbey Road at the same time the Beatles were recording yeah, Sgt Pepper. But it was called EMI Studios. We just Are you serious? Abbey Road now. Oh my god! Unless they refer to another EMI Studios. But as far wow, as I know, thank you, man, because I did not yeah. know that. That's incredible. But nowadays, we just like every time we're referring to this, she Oh, yeah, that was recorded in Abbey Road Studios, but it wasn't called Abbey Road Studios until the album, because the album was so iconic that everyone started referring to the studio as Abbey Road Studios. The album never actually. I don't think it mentions Abbey Road Studios as no, recorded says, EMI yeah. London. Incredible. Uh, but the album has the Abbey Road, you know. Amazing. Uh, um, the album clocks in at 35 minutes long. It's not long at all, and it was produced by their long-term producer, George Martin. Songs are all short, aren't they? They're all about two and a half minutes long, aren't they? There's nothing that goes over three minutes, I'm sure of it. Um, Now, this is an interesting album because, for the first time, our Fab Four Beatles are in a position where they had no film commitments, no touring schedule, no radio or TV appearances um, in the diary. They had complete freedom over their time needed to write and record this album, which I'm going to come back to at the end because it's very important. But that that tells us something, that the, the album that a lot of people consider the most important in, well, that's arguable, in their back catalogue, is the one where they found themselves without anything else in their way. Also, with nothing else to prove, in a certain way. Yeah, that's yeah, a good point. still like yeah. when they're starting to experiment, but after being the best-selling band in the world for a few albums, mm. 
right? You've got loads of number one hits already. Yeah. Uh, so we don't need to prove anything. You can try something slightly different without being uh, um, without destroying your career. Really, yeah. you can still do something. If the album was a failure, there there would still be the Beatles. Yeah, that's there. a good point. Yeah. Um, another interesting thing about this is that in August of that year, nineteen sixty five, they did their US tour, and they had gone over and they had heard and listened to a shitload of Motown and soul music. And that is hugely reflected in the music of this album. So that's very... Because all they'd done before was record in England, English pop music, the way that English people wanted it. But they went over and took inspiration from what they heard. Probably that last tour, wasn't it? Maybe they toured... I think more. you're right. I don't think they've toured again. Yeah. Maybe yeah. maybe one tour in between Rubber Soul and Revolver. I'm pretty sure they didn't tour from 66 onwards. That's definite. But was this their last US tour? Could be. We, yeah, yeah, we don't know. Yeah. Um, so yeah, just keep that in mind when we're discussing these songs. Um... In terms of the production, John Lennon said that Rubber Soul was the first time that the Beatles actually started making demands about the mix and about the production styles. So that, that that's an, uh, um, uh, a point that most musicians find themselves after a while. After you focus on learning how to play your instrument, learning how to write songs, eventually you find yourself in a position where you start to think about how are my songs going to be mixed Good point. and yeah. produced and, and it matters it matters doesn't it, does. it because it does. you transcend from oh I wrote a song that turned out well to I can write songs now I want them to be heard in the correct I way I believe I might be wrong about this but I believe George Harrison and John Lennon were really really interested in that part of you know the band I think Paul they was all a were less Ringo less so yeah. and Paul a little less so um the, the whole band were attending the mixing sessions and it actually the, the the people working around them said that for the first time the brotherhood the camaraderie was absent because it kind of got a little professional yeah people were saying we need to you know fuck feelings we're here to make a good album and uh, it was the first signs of the artistic conflict between McCartney and Lennon they started appearing during this songwriting and mixing do you know one thing that I I I really believe this conflict is a big part of rock and roll. Yeah. And it is... Well, it's how some of the best stuff's executed, isn't it? Exactly. If there's no conflict, if you just agree with everything, and so you're not actually challenging yourself and not challenging your bandmates. Yeah. And I think they started to do that. I think the camaraderie of the first during the first albums is more evident because they were like, we're a bunch of really young kids making a lot of money, yeah. Uh, all the girls want to be with us. We're traveling the world, and we the most famous faces in the world, and we're just having fun together. Anything we write is going to be a hit. Mm. And at some other point, they start thinking, "What if we start writing more intelligent stuff?" Yeah. And then you start to have arguments. What do you think is better than this? Because mm. if they just we were just repeating the formula, that would be a lot easier for the friendship. You know. Yeah, that's a good point. Um, two other things I want to address before we start sort of getting a bit into the album and the songs. Part one is that it's important to know, I think, that the Beatles were taking a lot of drugs at this point. They were smoking a lot of weed and they were taking quite a bit of LSD. Now, Paul McCartney abstained from taking this LSD, which led to the conflict with him and Lennon, because John Lennon and George Harrison grew very close because of their love for LSD and Ringo Starr got involved as well but Paul was the only one not taking it so that just just to further uh, 
let you guys know that there was a divide emerging between Paul and John because of their artistic-ness uh, and also because they weren't doing the same hobbies as each other. John wanted to take drugs, Paul didn't. So, just so you know. That's um, interesting. It actually, yeah. I don't think it's made the album by any means worse. It's just something interesting to know, isn't it? That uh, I mean, as you said, asked it, um, conflict can be a good thing. Yeah. Good yeah, rock and roll should hurt. Yeah, good rock <laughs> should change your life. Not necessarily for the better. Um, the second thing I wanted to talk about what was the second? Ah, yeah. Now, the reason why I started this show off by saying it was one of the most important albums in music history was because for the first time anywhere, this album. Let me just, I'm just going to think about how to say it. For the first time anywhere, the album as a whole mattered more than the single. So what would happen previously is... Let's just go with the Beatles. They would release a single, Help. Yes. And the single is what would bring in the money. It's what would sell the most. It's what they would perform on their TV shows and their radio appearances. And this is the way it was for, for artists and musicians everywhere around the world. But for this time, or for this album, I should say, again, this is why I mentioned at the start that they had no commitments. And they had nothing to be ready for. They weren't They weren't due to give someone a single at the end of that recording session. They just knew they had to record an album. And so for that's... the first time in the world, the album, track 1 to 14, in this case, mattered more than, oh, track 6, because we'll put it out as a single. It's the album. The whole journey mattered more. And this changed music. Straight after this album was released, um, Brian Wilson from the Beach Boys. Uh, I've got the quote here. He said... Um, I can't find it at the moment but directly Brian Wilson said the first album I had ever listened to where every song was a gas and I assume a gas means a good thing not a fart not a bad fart (laughs) Um, and he actually said he planned to surpass Rubber Soul by writing Pet Sounds by the Beach Boys, which we know is an incredible album, but he heard, he, as you just But heard, again, that's the Beatles being a big influence yes, on him. Yes, every song was brilliant. That's what Brian Wilson said. And he strove to make one of the next best complete albums of the 60s, Pet Sounds by Beach Boys. And he openly said, because of Rubber Soul, I, want, I went and I wrote every song to be good. Not just two that we could release as singles, every damn song. Yeah. And that is why this album is so important, is it just changed everyone's opinion on what an album meant and what it could be. What an album could be, I like that. Yeah, what an album Because an album doesn't have to be uh, just fillers for the singles, right? Because that's what albums were at the time. Some people would buy the whole thing, but most people were buying the singles and listening to the singles, and those songs would be played on radio and TV, and that's what it is. If you have a, a hit... You don't necessarily need to write a whole piece of art, which is an yeah. album, like a proper, well-crafted uh, piece mm. of art, which is an album. You just write a good single, and everyone sings along to it, and that's it. You you make you make money, and that's what it is. But the Beatles were interested in leaving something uh, much bigger than that. Yeah, you know, as as fourteen as singles, yeah. you know, essentially. Yeah, yeah. exactly. Yeah, yeah. It's, fourteen it, songs, good enough to be songs. singles. Uh, there's something for me about Rubber Soul, which is they are going to more experimental territory. they adding stuff, getting a bit psychedelic at some point, but the songs still have that formula of like strong choruses, sometimes yeah, starting from yeah. the chorus, 
and short, straight to the point. Yeah. And now you're you right know, with that. Solid groove. Um, let's start musically because I, I've got I, I've done a lot of research into this album because with an album this important, it's not just me and you who think it's important. The yeah. world knows yeah. it's important. So there's loads of articles and writings about it, and I've done a shitload of research. So I want to talk about the lyrics afterwards. Talk to us musically. What, what about your favourite songs? What your favourite aspects of the music of your favourite songs are? Yeah, I think uh, uh, there's an interesting point about uh, the, the guitar playing in the album is was really good, really solid. The acoustic, the electric. I I think the vocal harmonies were at a really high level at that point. Yeah. They they have sung together live and recorded vocals together, and it feels to me in that album that everyone. Every single musician in the band is at the same level of importance. Also, when you listen to Sgt. Peppers, it's Paul McCartney's solo album, really, yeah. with some collaboration from the Beatles. Yeah, yeah. Whilst this is a Beatles album, and uh, What Goes On is written by Ringo, isn't it? It's, no, Lennon. Lennon. Okay. But I'll tell, yeah, let me tell you something quick because it's funny. Yeah, yeah. Um, Ringo, it's Ringo's first songwriting credit, but when asked about it, he said... Ringo, what did you contribute? About five words. <laughs> Still yeah. part of it. So yeah, anyway. that is a, like for instance that song is a really fast shuffle. Is the drumming is great? It's a country it's, song. It's a country yeah. song. Uh, not not very easy harmonies to sing. No, really. it's fantastic. There's seven yeah. seven part harmonies there. I think, or it could be another song. But yeah, they they worked hard. That is a hard song. is is a really hard song to to sing. It's really clever. The lyrics are. Simple, you mm-hmm. know, but it's it's in, it's intentional. They knew what they were doing, okay. so they do go through like different genres and stuff. Uh, uh, Norwegian wood, it's the sitar. Un- it you got the sitar, so they explore new instruments, and it's unlike any other Beatles songs to that point. Mm-hmm. And I think uh, what then you go to you're talking about Motown influences. If you listen to Drive My Car, it's funky, it's groovy. Yeah. And that song for me is bass and drums, essentially. More than the lyrics, but isn't more that than the, the riff, isn't that the bass, B A S E, of Motown? Yeah. <laughs> the bass and drums, you know. Yes. With exactly. Motown, just for anyone yeah. who's not familiar with any Motown music, Motown is largely based around the drums and the bass guitar. Um, the, the guitar, piano, horns, strings, they'd be little afterthoughts wouldn't yeah, they they'd yeah. be little embellishments little melodies and counter melodies that you put on top of it the bass B-A-S-E of, of Motown music was in the rhythm section yeah and this is reflected here in several songs Drive My Car um, what's the other one um, The Word I feel like that one yeah um, I'm Looking Through You as well I feel yeah. that's kind of motown Wait you yeah. know, yeah. so I think and there's this is why I mentioned the American tour. Uh, 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 there's, uh, I think, you have that, and you have George Martin's influence in terms of the classical music side of it. Yeah. Uh, regarding drumming, you know, I'm, I'm a big fan of, of drummers because <laughs> I'm one of them. Uh, in my life, it's such a beautiful piece of music. Yeah. All together, to, again talking about the the, the instruments and the stuff. You have some classical elements in there, and the drumming is the first time I've heard in pop music linear drumming. What's linear drumming? When you don't hit two things at the same time. Drummers are constantly playing kick, hi-hat, and snare, like the three main pieces of the kick. Okay. And sometimes you would have one thing 
played separately, but most of the time playing kick and hi-hat or snare hi-hat or kick and snare, whatever. Yeah, yeah. He plays one thing at the time. The groove is built out of one piece at the time. Just a kick, just hi-hat, just snare. And apparently that's something that came from George Martin. Uh, he said to Ringo, why don't you think as a percussionist in an orchestra? You just play a cymbal here. You just play, you know... That's really interesting. You know, it's like yeah. one, one instrument it, at a time. It's not something I noticed. And Maybe it, something you would only drummers would And yeah. that, that was really, really important. That, that's, that's for the whole verse. And then the chorus changes into something new. He would start the chorus by just playing the bell of the right cymbal. Nothing more. So there's some kind of... A, 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 it's, at some points, again, we talk about how space is important in music, yeah. emptiness, and you have loads of that in, in my life. And you can clearly hear how the instruments are serving the lyrics. Yeah, right? again, so it's a great So in point, my yeah. life, it's a beautiful ballad about love, in it, and it's like, it's not like everyone was singing about a, a boy loves a girl. In my life, it's about your friends. Boy loves his hometown as well. Exactly. Yeah. People, places, is love for people, place, and love for life. It's, mm-hmm. it's, it's, it's like, how can you, at such a young age, be reflecting on the past like that? Really cool yeah. stuff. And, it's, and, and the instruments are there to back that feeling yeah. and they do it really well there's huge Motown influences of this there's yeah. directly been cited as uh, the miracles you really got a hold on me and the tracks of my tears which they used to play really got a hold on me the Beatles used, to, used play, to play they recorded it oh yeah. brilliant that's really cool beautiful song one of Talking, my we, we did mention the sitar earlier and I think it's important with this album it's where they really started branching out in terms of a multitude of genres and cultures really because in Norwegian would be had sitar because George Harrison went to India in uh, was it 64 um, and he became fascinated with the Indian music and he learned sitar so that's why that's the reason for the sitar there um, in in my life that middle eight section with that piano that is a piano recorded on a hold oh, I did have it written down um, it was so he recorded uh, this is all George Martin's doing this as well Martin played, he recorded yeah. a, a, the piano at half speed recorded it on a tape and then played it back at full speed that's why it's and so that's why you get play, yeah, yeah and that's why you get that weird kind of keyboard sound this is just more evidence of the Beatles as very classical George Martin, music as well that classically so let's split the two this is evidence of George Martin's influence on innovat- on innovating the Beatles' music, stylistically and production-wise, doing things and taking ideas, recording something at half speed and playing it back at full speed, so that we get a different sound. Very important. And then, so again, classical music influence, uh, studio experiments, and it's a pop song. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And the lyrics are not that obvious as well. There's, there's, it's a, interesting. Isn't there's it? a song. One of them, and stupidly, I haven't written it down, but there's a, like, a Greek... In, I'm, I'm half Greek, by the way, and there's an instrument we have in Greece called a bouzouki, which is like a guitar, but it's more pingy. Oh, right. And one of the songs... Oh, girl. It does feature things. Girl. Oh, what a song. No, 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 it's not, it's not, it's not a bouzouki playing, but George Harrison is playing it in a bouzouki style. Oh, right. So I think... Well, there, and, and I just need to mention this now because of the, the context. Michelle a French song with French lyrics. So we've covered India, Greece, and France. 
Is there any more evidence that the Beatles have just come off of a world tour? Yeah, <laughs> like, interesting. And, and, and were, America, sorry, the Soul and Motown, to add to that. And they were trying to make that evident. You know, they were like, yeah. I want to put French words into a song. I want to put a sitar into a yeah. song. That could have been a disaster. Yeah. When it, you, you're just trying <laughs> yeah, really hard right, to yeah. mix too many different stuff, <laughs> it might just sound like a bunch of stuff so together. Is like, this, but the it, composition, again, the songwriting was so good. So does this attest to... Well, I'm not asking you, I'm telling, I'm agreeing and telling you that this just shows how good they were at songwriting. Oh, yeah. Knowing where to put different stuff in, knowing how much of it to put it in, and knowing when to stop. And how good they were as a team. Yeah. They knew how it worked. Even if the camaraderie wasn't there anymore, even if they were not like the closest friends, even if they were starting to have their own conflicts, they were still a good team. Yeah. And, and you know, under a strictly... Uh, um, professional point of view you know yeah. you've got to put a, g- a good album together you need to be able to listen to your bandmates you need to be able to collaborate to groove with them to write with them and I think they were really really good at that and interesting thing is sometimes you have the songs credited to the Beatles separately but their solo careers in my opinion are not half as good as the Beatles no, I love I yeah. love Wings and Paul, Mc- Paul McCartney's solo stuff I love John Lennon's albums are incredible. I love Imagine, I love everything he's done. Uh, I, I, I think Ringo is great with his country music yeah. stuff. Uh, it's, but it doesn't touch. All Things Must Pass is a great yeah. album by George Harrison. But why were they so good together? Even though the credits sometimes, oh, that's Lennon McCartney. Yeah, but you have Ringo and George in the room with you. Yeah. That does change how you feel, changes the vibe. Yeah, And it right, makes you yeah. write in a different way. So I think you can't replace that band vibe by anything else you know I agree with you and then just again with the more um, going with these different approaches to how instruments sound uh, it's interesting on Think For Yourself um, Paul McCartney has recorded an aggressive fuzz bass line over it and when you find out what the lyrics mean it actually makes quite a lot of sense that he's recorded so he's got the normal bass part and then he's gone over another bass with a fuzz bass a heavy aggressive fuzz bass which I think is really interesting um, so yeah, I think that that quite nicely covers the musical side of it. Is there anything specific you want? Any song you wanted to say something specific about musically? Do you know what? I'm looking at the. Well, all, just while you say that, I just want to talk about. It's just about that Motown stuff, really, and it's just that. Um, I would. You know, I would. I'm yeah. Looking, yeah. Sorry, I was just saying. I'm looking yeah. through you. There's the R and B style, that loud middle style. You know the. I'm looking through you, but all the same. Da, da, do, do, do. It reminds me of everybody needs somebody. Yeah. Everybody, just like a preacher, an R and B song. There's loads of percussion as well, like That's the, right, yeah. you know, tambourines are kind of uh, uh, emphasizing the snare sound. Yeah, that is a really, really classic Motown stuff. The Beatles used to do that before they were doing that, but I think you can. It's it's way more present in the album. Yeah, like percussion uh, as a um, enhancement to the backbeat. Rather than a drum beat, yeah. Yeah, exactly. So you've, the, got, you've got this near that we've got tambourines loud, loudly the, played there. The song You Won't See Me, Paul McCartney has, has openly cited James Jameson. So remember when I was talking about the Motown, there is a famous Motown bass player called James Jameson who is, if you've heard a Motown song, there's a 95% chance he's playing bass on it. He was a monster. Um, and he has cited James Jameson as his uh, feel for the song. The verses in You Won't See Me use the same chord progression as It's the Same Old Song by The Four Tops. Oh, there you go. So I'll put that on the playlist. Drive My Car. We talked about the guitar 
And I found what's interesting with Drive My Car is that first line could be an opening to a Motown song. Wa-na-na-na-na-na-na-na-na-na-na-na-na-na-na-na-na-na-na-na-na-na-na-na-na-na-na-na-na-na-na-na-na-na-na-na-na-na-na-na-na-na-na-na-na-na-na-na-na-
Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. It's just... It's lovely. Because it's such a feel-good song, isn't it's it? It's less experimental than the rest of the album, but it's so strong. And mm. it's... And again, there were... You know, let's talk about the classic Boy Loves the Girl kind of yeah. stuff. But it's like, wait until I come back to your side, we'll forget the, t- the tears we cried. That's so strong, the way he puts it. And, and, it, and, and it's... It's just that. It, it, if, it feels almost desperate... Yeah, and I like the feeling. I I wouldn't. I'm not able to to say why. Technically, I like the song. It's not about that. It's about the feeling, and that like is when you wish you could just go home as quickly as possible to see the, the person you love. And that's so good and so well expressed with the words and the instrument, the yeah. instrument and everything else. That I when the when the feeling of a song. Is just so much stronger than any any other element in the song. That mm. makes every element in the song is doing its job perfectly. Yeah, wonderful. That's it. My yeah. favorite song is Nowhere Man as well. I love it. What we'll do actually is we'll just do a combined top five because we've done five together, <laughs> yeah. haven't we? So okay, that's yeah. a top five. Um, yeah, the same reason. Um, I, I love. I love. I don't know. It's just. It's, there's little, there's elements in each of the song which you in each of the songs which you could say okay this is the Beatles trying something new with Nowhere Man it doesn't feel like anything new has been tried it just feels like the next step in their progression of becoming a better band yeah I love it yeah um, excellent so that's the end of that segment what I want to do now is I want to talk for a while about the lyrics because like I said I've done a lot of research in this and I've done a lot of reading into it so. I am going to go through each track and just very quickly talk about the lyrics because, well, not each track, but most of them, because there is a very distinctive theme that comes in here. So bear with me in this and you'll see where we get at the end of this. Drive my car. A chauffeur asks a woman what she wants to be, suggesting an offer of career advancement for sexual favours. The woman says she wants to be a movie star. And then because of her persona and her power, the roles are reversed. The guy starts saying, my prospects are good. Let me drive you around. Or you can drive my car. Interesting. Norwegian Wood. The woman is in control again. An extramarital affair. A failed meeting between Lennon and a mysterious girl where she goes to bed and he sleeps in the bath. Rejecting his advances, he burns down the house. (laughs) You won't see me. McCartney's difficulties with relationship with actress Jane Asher. She wouldn't put her acting needs to... um, She wouldn't put her acting needs... Sorry, she wouldn't put her acting career second to his needs. Interesting. Nowhere Man. D- different kinds of lyrics, but this is about L- Lennon's self-loathing and he had an ex- existential concerns raised by taking LSD. But that doesn't go to my point. Think for yourself. Harrison is criticising people for not seeing what's in front of them. People think it's about a lover, but George said it's about the government. Oh, right. And he was... You know, yeah, he was like, very political, wasn't he? Yeah. The word is about the universal concept of love as a path to spiritual enlightenment through the LSD. Not really appropriate to my, my thing. The lyrics of Michelle. The French language barrier between this man and his French lover is, a, is, is, a, is just that. It's a barrier. Their relationship is doomed from the start. But then okay? he's, he's speaking French in he's order trying to connect to, yeah. to her. Yeah, not but it's not working around. very well. She's not speaking English. He's speaking French. Exactly. He's trying to point. go to the woman. Yeah. Um... What Goes On was written in the 50s by Lennon. Girl. The girl from his dreams who would meet his demands... This is John singing about the girl he wants. A girl from his dreams that would meet his demands intellectually. But actually, she met his demands intellectually, but she wasn't very nice or supportive. She was heartless, conceited, and she humiliated him. Uh, I'm looking through you. 
Paul's girlfriend, Jane Asher, the actress, she moved to Bristol for acting work. Having had many girlfriends, Paul was not used to playing second fiddle, and he said, I knew I was selfish, and it caused a few rows. Jane went off, and I said, okay then, leave. I'll find someone else. It was shattering to be without her. That's when I wrote, I'm looking through you. In my life, we've spoken about uh, weight, about a couple who broke up and are now back together again, and things are going to be okay. Yeah. One positive romantic song. Get the theme. Check out the theme I'm going for here. The one positive song romantically. If I needed someone, Harrison wrote this for Patty Boyd, his model girlfriend at the time. Yeah. But this song is Harrison addressing all the women in the world that fancy him and that he fancies. But he's saying it might have worked out between us, but my love for Patty is too much. And the lyric at the end of the song, but leave me your number just in case. Oh, yeah, right. that. Yeah, you yeah, get it. interesting. Run for your life. Now, this is an interesting song. Um, I'll give you the quick rundown. In 1951, the lyrics, uh, I'd rather see you dead, little girl, than in the hands of another man, came from 1951, I Want to Play House With You by Eddie Arnold. In 1954, Arthur Gunter took the same lyrics and made his own song. In 1955, Elvis did Baby, Let's Play House with the same opening lyrics. And in 1965, the Beatles did Run For Your Life. Now, the original songs of, the, of all of those that I mentioned is about a song of devotion and how upset a man would be if his girlfriend didn't move in with him. But the Beatles version is so much more threatening. It's almost a revenge fantasy, isn't it? It's yeah. dark, it's scary. It's, I'm going to kill you. It's pretty much like yeah. that, isn't it? Yeah. Thank you for going with me through all those songs and lyrics. The, 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 the one thing I wanted to say that I felt really important is that in the previous... It's the sixth album? Beatles' sixth album. Yeah, it is. In the previous five albums, we have heard song after song from the Beatles of boy meets girl, boy falls in love with girl, everything is fine. The first album that the Beatles have no commitments, no restraints, no this, no that, no the you other. You can actually see what you think. They've dug, delved into themselves. Paul has written really interesting point. Thank you. Paul has written two songs about how he wasn't happy with how his relationship with Jane. John writing a song about the kind of woman he wants, but she's not good enough, and the kind of woman he wants, but who's rejecting his advances. George Harrison writing to all the women in the world, saying, "Listen, I'm really in love with Patty, so it's not going to work. But should things not work out, leave me your number." Yeah. This is my comment on the lyrics. I wrote this to say at the end of the episode, but it makes sense to say now. Lyrically. Other commitments ate into their time to record previous albums this personal. Happy, boy-meets-girl love songs could be written quickly, under pressure, and churned out fast. We know this with the Beatles, and we know this with the song Wait, because that was the last song they recorded of the album, like Paranoid a few weeks ago. It was They had to do it to meet the demands. But Rubber Soul was the first time the band had no other commitments and could work hard and long on songs and lyrics. What we have as a result of that is the Beatles' first lyrics that are truly a reflection on themselves and their personal thoughts, feelings about experiences of love. That is a strong statement, but I believe it's very, very straight to the point, and it is what it is. It is what the album's all about, so it's the Beatles being themselves, yeah. probably for the first time. Yeah. And... They show the dark side of relationships, right? Exactly. Uh, and, uh, In every song, it's, nearly. it's more, again, they were famous for singing about love, but it was one kind of love. I saw her standing there, what a beautiful song. But, you know, this boy 
fall in love with a girl who's beautiful, young and attractive, yeah. and he sees her dancing, he wants to dance with her, and he dances with her, that's it, dream coming true. Mm. Most of their songs were a bit like that. Uh, help, maybe not. It's like, you know, I didn't achieve what I wanted, I'm you know, struggling, whatever. But at this point, it's more like, okay, we tried something together, didn't quite work out. Oh, you know, I'm a Beatle, I can have every woman I want. Oh, not really. That you yeah. know, Norwegian wood. She didn't want. She yeah. didn't want me. But do you so think, is, I think there's saying... a it's a dark side of it. It's like not everything is going to be just fine in terms of relationships. Mm-hmm. I think there's a lot of that. Yeah, I completely agree. Do you agree with what I'm saying that the fact that they had time on their hands to think about lyrics, yeah, let them dig into themselves. Exactly. Just go in the depths of your soul yeah. and find all the good and bad feelings you have yeah. about uh, people and women specifically there's one interesting thing though you think about uh, uh, um, um, well, run for your life so the feeling that you want to kill someone that's really dark it's dark, really yeah. bad but shall we just do this sort of censorship where we don't talk about those things never because no, in, a, in music I believe there's a character right and I believe most humans have that those dark feelings inside them. Yeah. What makes us different from each other is the fact that you can think and control those those things and you can be a good person if you want to. Yeah. Or you can just become a monster because you can't control yourself. Yeah. So you have you have choices. So in that song he's reflecting the desire of killing someone just because she doesn't want to be with you, which is like the worst thing I can ever think of. Like, yeah. like but some people are like that. Those that's, people, that's those true. characters, yeah. they exist. Some of them would even act that way and actually do it. So imagine a band that's famous for love songs talking about a love that might lead to death. Mm. That is like really dark. It could be a great movie though. Yeah, yeah. Again, would you turn that into a song? Most people wouldn't. The Beatles did. It's 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 interesting though. It's it's really dark. But again, weight is it's it's so grown up, isn't it? Weight is like. Yeah, we were together. It didn't work out, but we know uh, we 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 don't have anyone better to share our lives yeah. with. Let's get back together. Let's forget about the past. You're right. That's so yeah, grown up. That's a grown up as well, isn't there's it? An, but that's that's a grown up talking to yeah. a grown up. Like let's get get our shit together. Uh, so I see it. Yeah, that's wicked, anyway. man. Brilliant. Um, is there anything else you wanted to say about the album before we finish? Uh, no, I just I just want to say I want to listen to it again. Yeah. Because <laughs> after we talk about, I think you gave me a complete different insight into into well, the well, album. I is. had a completely different insight. Yeah. I, I didn't go into this thinking right. I'm going to talk about when, when I did my notes. I didn't say right. I'm going to talk about the lyrics. It's only when doing my research, and I got a fantastic book at home called the Book of Beatles Songs, and it has a page per song that has all the lyrics and tells you how the song was written why it was written so I went I went straight there for some of this information and it just helped me see this album as a complete picture I, which I, is what they wanted isn't it yes yes <laughs> brilliant back thing. to the start so, yeah circle. it's like yeah, yeah. Uh, just one thing though because uh, you said that I, I think uh, what makes rock music special for me is that fact that you you have depth and meaning to stuff. If you want to, if you just entertain people, then you go for it. Yeah. But sometimes in, uh, especially modern pop music, or, you know, uh, if, if, I feel like there's a lot of music produced out there, and I don't want to criticize anyone specifically, I'm just going to say yeah. a generic, uh, generic comment about it. It's like you have disposable music, 
about generic feelings and they don't go in depth into anything. And you listen to it, okay, cool. Oh, I can relate to this. I'm a teenager. Oh, nice, cool. And that's it. Mm. Nothing more. There's no layers. And I think this album, as you said, proved to be multi-layered all the way through. In, way. in terms of feelings, uh, technical abilities yeah. as musicians, uh, creativity, everything. Yeah, excellent. Masterpiece. We're going to finish off with a quiz. A uh, oh, quick wow. segment, quick quiz. So oh, here is sh- the quiz for Felipe. Shit. <laughs> Here we go. Question one. Rubber Soul is the Beatles' second album to have only original material. What is the other one? Help? No. Really? What's the other one? Hard Day's Night. Oh, yeah. Um, question two. Oh, no, I did this one. It's about Elvis and the song. Okay. I was going to do this earlier. Question three. Uh, two. Rubber Soul was the third highest selling album of 1965 and the third highest selling of 1966. The first highest selling of 1965 was Beatles for Sale and the first highest selling of 66 was Revolver. What film soundtrack was the second highest selling album of 65 and 66? Oh, I don't know. So 65 was... Um, Rubber Soul, This Thing I'm Asking For, and Beatles for Sale. 66 was Rubber Soul, This Film Soundtrack, and Revolver. God, if I guess... It's, I it's, it's one of my top ten favourite movies of all time. If I say because I have no idea when the movie was released, and I might Why don't be you have a go? something really stupid. No, I'm not going to have a go. Go on, there's a quiz you've got to guess. 60s. I'm going to Google this. Not gonna Google the the, the the question. I'm gonna Google the movie. I don't want to embarrass myself. <laughs> oh no! Which movie? Which year? Which year are you talking about? Sixty-five and sixty-six. No, I got it wrong. No, okay. I, I thought it was The Godfather, but that's that's like that's seven years musical. after that. Oh, Did I musical? Say musical? No, I thought I said movie. film soundtrack. Film soundtrack. Which actually is the is the truth. But anyway, it is the sound of music. The Sound of Music. Yeah, so oh, two years, guess. 65 and 66. I got it wrong. I, I thought The Godfather, but no, it says 72. Uh, question like three. Five years after that. What's peculiar about the front cover of Rubber Soul compared to their previous albums? Uh, they're not wearing suits. No. <laughs> yeah, good one. I don't think I <laughs> They have long hair. No. Uh, uh, the, um, um, don't know. It um, doesn't have the word Beetle in it. <laughs> yeah. Just does it say rubber soul? Though? I don't remember. It says rubber soul in the yeah. top corner, so but it doesn't have beetle or anything in it, Jeez. which is brilliant. Man, I'm getting everything. You're getting really good at the quizzes because you, you're asking some. <laughs> but if you don't things. know, then I'm hoping the listeners don't know. Yeah. So it's like everyone gets to learn something. Um, excellent. Let's let's end here. Um, we could go on and on and on, but I think we've covered everything. We've talked musically about the variety of genres. We've talked about the simple negativity of the lyrics, the over the overarching negativity of all the lyrics. I think all the albums we talk about, they, it's like endless subjects, and yeah. you can keep talking about them forever. Yeah, and it's like it's a shame that we have to end the show. Yeah, exactly. Um, I'm going to leave you with something I've written that sums up my final thoughts on it. Then you tell us any final thoughts you have, and then we'll say goodbye. Up to this point, 
Pop music was quite limited in a number of ways. Instrumentation, chord progression, lyrical content, production techniques. But Rubber Soul blew each of these categories wide open. It was dark, disturbing lyrics about the negative aspects of love. Instruments that you'd never have expected to hear in the 60s. Chord progressions that deviate so far from what was normal, because in this album the Beatles used a lot of modes and a lot of different scales to write their songs around. Production techniques that further enhanced and emphasised the music and lyrics. You know, we spoke about um, the fuzzy bass that made that song sound more aggressive in uh, what they had, the fourth song. Rock and roll is musical freedom. And with this album, the Beatles proved to us that pop music can be about anything and sound however you want it to sound. Brilliant. It, it just blew pop music wide open. And because of that, it is a damn good rock and roll album. It's... That was like a really good statement. Thank you. I, spent I can't, a few I can't minutes top on that. This. I just want to say that um, it's a good album. It's, it's a good album. You should listen to it. I just want to say that one thing that makes the album good for me is the fact that is a lot of thought behind the creation of the album. It's not about oh let's just jam together, come up with some beautiful love songs and, yeah. and record them. There is a lot of thought, a lot of craft, and it is intentionally clever. A it's lot of thought clever. and craft, as we've said th three or four times, for the album as a whole. As a whole. Which yeah. we already mentioned. Yeah. Fantastic, guys. Well I'm, done, the Beatles. Well done. Yeah, good job. You've done it again. It's another good album. <laughs> um, I will leave you with this quote from Gene Scullati, music journalist. Rubber Soul was the definitive rock as art album, revolutionary in that it was a completely successful creative endeavour, integrating with precision all aspects of the creative process. Composition of indivi individual tracks done with extreme care, each track arranged appropriately to fit beside each other track. The complete symmetrical rock and roll album. And with that, guys, we will say goodbye and thank you for joining us for another episode. Go and listen to the album. As usual, the playlist will be at the bottom of the show notes. You um, can find us on the internet. There you go. That's really, <laughs> We're there. Screw this Instagram. Oh, yeah. Find like, us oh, on the internet. Instagram, Spotify, internet. Internet. If we have that thing called the internet. We are there. Perfect. Just, just uh, Google us. Google us. Find us. Whatever. You know, we are on the internet and um, thanks for being with us again. And if you have any thoughts about the show, any reviews, we want to hear all the good stuff. Leave the bad reviews for yourself. No joking. Tell us whatever you think about the show, how we can improve, what you like and what you don't like about it. Thanks for being with us again and keep on rocking everyone. Yeah, to echo Felipe's sentiments, it's been a pleasure and it's still a pleasure doing this podcast and receiving all the very positive feedback that we get. So thank you very much. And as usual, long live rock and roll. <laughs>